Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards. With me is Evan Federhoff. Welcome, Evan. Thanks. And uh, Austin, the engineer, making everything go smoothly for us. And we are so glad that you are joining us. We have this is uh, this exciting time. It's our fourth season yeah. as we launch out and get so much uh, to talk about because mm-hmm. we're back in Genesis. Yep. And Genesis is just filled with all kinds of amazing stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, we're not only going to talk about Genesis, though. We're going to talk about Matthew, and which is also an amazing gospel and, right. and chock full. I mean, Sermon on the Mount. How can you go wrong with that? So we're going to highlight that today. And uh, at the end, we have some questions. Uh, Evan is even going to inquire about the canopy theory of Noah's <laughs> Ark. So we're going to talk about, uh, is it true? Is it real? We probably will not answer that question definitively today, but we will talk about it all up ahead right here on Understanding Jesus. Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast. We are looking at uh, some passages that stuck out to us, and and we it is just a, a fantastic time of reading so many things that we could talk about and go over uh, in the book of Genesis and uh, in the book of Matthew. But something that comes up in our reading uh, during this first very first week of the year is uh, the the Sermon on the Mount, and mm-hmm. so it's uh, the, and the Sermon on the Mount itself. I mean, chapters five through seven of the book of Matthew. Uh, there's so much content in there because it's a sermon that Jesus preached. Uh, and it's, I just want to take something from that. Uh, he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 19, he says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not a one jot or one tittle, but by no means pass away from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, you know, though we are though we are saved by grace, we're not saved by our own works. We are saved for the purpose of doing good works, uh, not to indulge the flesh uh, in sin. The enemy deceives us into thinking that uh, we're okay with breaking the commandments. It's kind of a, it's always a, a lure to draw us into uh, thinking that uh, it's no big deal to sin uh, because grace covers it. And, mm-hmm. but so it's always the enemy's trap. But, uh, but Jesus clearly teaches that that is not true. He says, uh, sin no more. That's, uh, that's the idea is that I have now redeemed you. I have made you new. I've given you the power of giving you my Holy Spirit. Uh, so now that you have my spirit in you, submit to my spirit and overcome evil and and avoid sin. Um, and these, this is what our master is telling to us. So if we're saying, I want to follow Christ, I want to do his will, I want to walk in uh, this new life, then as a disciple, I am choosing not to, uh, to walk in unrighteousness and uh, and that's that's why he's saying the law and the prophets is, you don't just brush it all away. It doesn't those things mean something? But but we are indicted by the law. I mean, we've fallen short of it, and so we can't get into heaven because of our breaking the law. Uh, so Jesus has made a way for us to get into heaven, but he's also made us a way to overcome the world. And so we are to take advantage of that. It doesn't make any sense to be given the opportunity. It's like being given the cure to cancer but not taking it. 
not in wanting to keep your cancer. It's like that that's not salvation. So salvation is getting the cure and receiving it, um, not just knowing it exists, not just acknowledging that it's true. It's it's saying it's actually taking advantage of it and being healed. Um, Oswald Chambers says his permissive will allows the devil to do his worst and allows me to sin as I choose until I choose to resist the devil, quit sinning, and come to God in the right relationship through Jesus Christ. We must quit sinning and walk with Christ in a moral relationship, or else uh, we continue to be the enemy's slave. And um, the decision is, is one we make now. It's in this moment. It's right now that we say, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's why we have songs like that. That we've made this, this moral decision that I am no longer, um, I am no longer going to try to go against the law, but I'm going to, I'm going to abide by it. It's uh, you think of it very simple. Uh, would you then get in your car, and you know what the law is? Some some of us have a desire. We're like uh, we're trying to. We have a desire to break the law. We just don't want to get caught. Um, but when we are transformed by Christ, we don't have the desire to break the law. Sometimes we are just weak and fail to uphold the law. But uh, but our desire is to live according to law. We want to uphold the law. We want to. We see the value of it. Um, now, I don't see the value of some of man's laws. <laughs> I, I just, the only, the reason why I submit to a lot of man's laws is because God tells me to. And so, uh, and that, that is his uh, command. So I, so I submit to that. But, but the reality is, is that, but, but, but you should be able to look at what God's commands are and see it and trust that his wisdom is correct, that, uh, that his way is better. And your desire should be to fulfill the law. Paul says, I do that sometimes, which I don't desire to do. Um, but that's the weakness of my flesh. But the difference between a follower of Jesus Christ and someone who just simply is religious is one one actually loves the one who loves the word because it is uh, and loves the law because it is of the word of the one that we follow and love, who is Jesus. Jesus is the word. So when you think of it, like the Ten Commandments, for instance, it's not just it's not just something God commanded. It is it is. It is his word, it's, and it is synonymous with Jesus. So it, it's like, this is what you do in order to know who I am and to be with me, to abide in me. These are the things that you do. It's the difference between legalism and loving God and following his commands. Right. I do it because I, I, I want to follow his commands because I love him and mm-hmm. I want to be close to him. And I know that by, through following his commands, I get to experience him to the fullest. Right. So, yeah. Certainly, that's uh, that's that, and it was revelatory. I mean, obviously, when Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he's trying to. The, I think sometimes we read the Sermon on the Mount and think this is impossible. Nobody can do this. When he says he'll go through things and say, you know, if you look at a woman <clears throat> with lust in your heart, then you committed adultery. If you have hatred in your heart toward, or anger in your heart toward a person, you've committed a murder already. It's like that's such an impossible standard. And he's saying, yes, the standard is impossible. You can't be holy. You can't make yourself holy. You can't. You cannot fulfill the law in the way that God intends for you to follow the law because you're weak and fallible, but that's why you need a Savior. Okay. But but that doesn't change that that's God's desire for you, that when surrendered to the Holy Spirit, you should be able to live at that level or that standard. Yeah. Our righteousness is only found in Christ. Yes, yeah. uh, alone in Christ. He is the righteousness in mm-hmm. us. It's not, it's not that we are trying to—he's um, not— um, 
he is not wanting us to do good works on our own. He is wanting to do good works through us. Uh, he is the redemption. So right. Yeah. Well, that leads me straight into the salt and light, I guess. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So if you look at verse 13 through 16 um, in the same chapter in Matthew, um, Matthew 5, uh, you'll see a heading, salt and light. I'm in the ESV, which I think is contrary to your CSB. So. Yeah, uh, actually, I read out of New King James. So oh, there. okay. Have a well, well, if you want to go to the ESV um, so, or Matthew 5, 13 through 16. So you're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So no better than sand. Mm. Um, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So mm. in, in this, so we've got two different things, two different pa- really two passages, I think, um, salt and light. <laughs> and um, I, I'm a big uh, fan of analogies and, and practical examples, thing, things that we can imagine, visualize. Um, it's something I, I really adore, I think. Um, I, I like doing it for other people. Sometimes mine are really obscure, but I hope people understand what I say. But um, But this one, I just think it's really pretty. We have salt which you know now we have purposes of salt for flavor for for taste and also at this time it would have been for preservatives um to a certain extent we we use it somewhat for that at this point but not really as much um it's in some of our foods especially packaged foods Mm. but but anyway the point here is that that we we have salt and if salt is not purposeful in the same way it's you know like i said it's like sand you know trampled under people's feet sand has a purpose that is just to be walked on or or set to to settle things or flatten things out, whatever it is. We use sand for things, but not in the same way that salt is used. Um, if we use sand as salt, the, the the purpose of salt would not be <laughs> fulfilled. So um, in the same way as we are salty, um, we need to be, uh, salt has a specific flavor. When you add it into things, um, it, it gives a, a flavor that's different. Um, I guess what savory is that the word that people like to use for mm-hmm. salty stuff. So anyway, so I I think that's really cool. It gives us an example of, of if we no longer are purposeful for the purpose we are designed for, right. we are no longer beneficial to the kingdom. And in the same way, we have the light. The light's the same thing. I, I think of a commercial from a Super Bowl a few years ago. I forget what it was for, but it's a it's a single candle at the end of 300 football fields. And and they say, look out there. You can still see the candle's light. Um, and it's 300 football fields away. They they like, it's, a, it's animated or VFX or whatever, but they have mm-hmm. 300 football fields and they have all the lights on and they shut them all off and they say, see that one light, it's a candle. And um, it reminds me of this, uh, this passage a lot. And I, it, by no means did that commercial have anything to do with the light um, <laughs> in this passage. But I, I think it's a good visual. So if you have time, maybe look that up after you finish here. But, but um, I'm going to read it again. Your lie of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people... Uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So, um, I I just think of you know we we have a couple of our our people from our church, including your um including your son and daughter in law who are in um a foreign country teaching to mm-hmm. foreign people, right? Right. And um they in a way are probably the only light that those people will ever see. And um, so whenever we go out and, and share with people, um, our, our job is to be a light and, and not just in action, but also in the things that we say and do and, and the way that we, 
we treat people, but also in sharing God's word with them. And so um, when we sh- when we share our light, um, we we may be a very single light in a very dark place, but but um, it, it can't be hidden. It, a, a city, or it says, a city set on set on a hill cannot be hidden. So in the same way, if we're um, we're shining our light brightly and and sharing the love of Christ brightly, we will also be um, very visible to the people around us. Yeah. And uh, did you, we watched that video on uh, Sunday, did you, are you, that spring yes. to my, yeah, so yeah. I wonder if that, uh, what are you talking about, letting, keeping your Christmas lights up all night, all year long? I didn't remember that until <laughs> just now, but I guess it could apply here too. Let your light shine. Yeah, this yeah. little light of mine, yeah. How's our time looking? Do you want me to quickly go over the other part or just um, call it? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I I just wanted to hit the Lord's Prayer. I just think it's a yeah. really cool passage. Hit the Lord's Prayer. I, I would be very, uh, it'd be very sad to completely toast over it. So yeah. Um. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, um, now obviously there's a couple versions that have a little bit longer at the end, but mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just wanted to quickly breeze over this, um, which you should never really do, but I'm going to do it now. Um, so the, the Lord's prayer, I think is a really cool example. You know, we have different prayer models we use, like the acts prayer model, adoration, confession, um, Thanksgiving, supplication are the acts acronym. And, um, that one's very easy to remember, but, but the, in the Lord's prayer, we kind of see a similar setup to that. We have. Um, adoration in that first section, um, and then um, and then asking him that his kingdom will will be done. Um, and we we know that in heaven his will is very apparent, very obvious. Um, the angels glorify him and sing praises to him. We're told that they do that. And then um, we ask for for our um, the things that we need to survive. Uh, you know, the, the Bible tells us that um, you know that. Uh, how, if the birds of the field and the flowers are clothed, how much more will be, we be taken care of, right? That's mm. very paraphrased. Yeah. But, um, but um, and then we ask for forgiveness, so that's confession, and um, and then uh, protection from the evil one. So yeah. I, it's a very simple prayer that that covers a lot of the things that we generally should be asking for. So I know in the college realm, I have a lot of people who ask, how do I pray? How do I start mm. praying? Um, it's very difficult for me to start praying. I don't know even what to say. And um, if we use this as a model, um, I, I think it becomes droney if we repeat the same thing over and yeah. over again. Not that the Lord's Prayer is droney, but, right. but... Well, I don't think you have to repeat it over and over again, but it yeah. definitely is uh, worthwhile yeah. to just simply go through the Lord's Prayer yes. and uh, and then and then and meditate upon each of those aspects yes. of it. Because as you yeah. think about it, I think when I say Our Father, even when you say mm-hmm. Our Father who art in heaven... To think, what am I? What am I meaning by that? You know, I'm yeah. not just talking about my earthly dad. Obviously, I'm talking about my father. And how is he my father? You know, mm-hmm. how is he? How is he in heaven? Mm-hmm. Um, and being my heavenly father, what does all that mean? You know, and mm-hmm. so forth. And 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 how am I able to call him my father? You know, mm-hmm. and how did that Jesus made that possible for me? So much. Right. I mean, this is the, Jesus is putting so much into these few words. That uh, that if you just walk slowly through it, like you said, mm-hmm. you are yes, you it is a time of confession, is a time of supplication, is mm-hmm. a it is a, a time of thanksgiving and praise and so forth. Uh, you know, hallowed be your name. And I remember uh, uh, the Tony Evans, uh, a preacher who went through and said all of it, all of the things that come after 
hallowed be your name are about hallowing his name. Mm-hmm. You know, the, your kingdom coming to hallow your name, your will be done to hallow your name, right. giving me the daily nutrients that I need in order to hallow your name, you know, forgiving yeah. me so that your name can be hallowed and me uh, and getting going away from temptation so that I can live a holy life and, and bring uh, glory to your name and hallowing your name. So it's, it is, it is a, um, yeah, it's, 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 it is obviously it's the model. It, I mean, when people ask you to pray, that's what they were asking Jesus. Yeah. Teach us how to pray. And that's what he said. So yeah, this is our you, can't, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so when somebody says, how do you pray? So, well, let me tell you what Jesus said. And, yeah. and then that's, and then you, um, yeah. Yeah. And throughout scripture, we see examples of how we can follow God's will yeah. uh, in, in general. He gives us his, uh, a great example of his character throughout, throughout scripture and, and things that he, um, will do. And he promises us things. And, and, um, and really, if what we're praying for generally should be, how can we glorify Him through these, things, yeah. through our lives? And so, whenever we're asking for all these things, just like you were saying, how can we hallow His name through the things that that we ask for? Right. So, um, anyway, I that's maybe a little bit longer than I should. No, that's good. It, but. I I still uh, even now I start uh, every day when I start praying, I start with that prayer mm-hmm. uh, because it, I know that I know that honors Him because He told me to do. Yeah. And uh, and something else I remember is that Paul prayed for grace, mercy, and peace upon people. And so uh, mm-hmm. so when you're interceding on people's behalf to pray for God's grace, his mercy, his peace, God's grace right. being uh, given us that which we do not deserve, um, mercy uh, taking us away, a punishment from us that we do deserve, and uh, and then peace uh, that only God can give because mm-hmm. he's taking care of it, tr- because through faith we trust that he's taking care of everything. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, which is what uh, everybody needs each and every day. So awesome, very good. Uh, well, I I don't. I, since we got we've uh, we did so much New Testament stuff. I got a little bit tongue tied there. We did so much New Testament stuff. I do want to hit on Genesis just for a brief moment. Um, Genesis eight twenty through twenty two. Uh, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a smooth a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, uh, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Um, and uh, and I, I think that uh this this covenant moment one of the the things in here is god is revealing something um to, to through to um in the in the word here I and mean, moses is the one who wrote genesis for us but and it was it kind of think of genesis like oral tradition has been passed on and then when the time of moses comes he he, he has writing introduced into his life because of his mm-hmm. egyptian training and so forth and so hieroglyphics and and recording things is part of his culture that he grew up in, and so what a perfect time for him to begin to write things that have been passed down from generation to generation. And so he records these things from us, but it is still under the supernatural revelation of God. And here we have God supernaturally revealing something about what he thinks, because it says he said in his heart, uh, and and so that he he affirms to himself that this is the only time he is going to annihilate all breathing life on earth which is what he did he took out all plants and animals uh through the flood mm-hmm. of course those that are in the water they were okay yeah. um and so but you have this moment of annihilation 
And and God says, I'm not I said he said in his heart to himself, I'm not ever going to do this. I'm not ever going to uh, destroy the earth in this way, because <clears throat> there will come a time where we'll be judged by fire. But uh, but this time, only this time is it going to be. And he puts a sign in the sky, uh, which is the rainbow. And, and it is neat, even scientifically, that the rainbows appear at the end of the rain. They don't appear mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um <clears throat> especially at the end of the day. So because usually the weather comes out of the west and moves into the east. And so the sun, uh, when it drops behind the clouds, shine of the west, shines into the east and the rain's still there. It creates a rainbow, but the rain is moving away. And so you have, and so I'm so practically, it usually is the case that as rain leaves, then you have this uh, rainbow and this reminder. And God says, I, I, that's, I, every time that sign is there, remember that uh, I have this promise, this covenant. Um, but God, he was also, he reveals that he was soothed by, uh, Abraham, uh, by Abraham, by Noah's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's this thing called, uh, personification in, in the, in the Bible. God doesn't smell like we smell. He doesn't have a nose like we have a nose. He doesn't have olfactory senses like we have so forth, but it's just trying to, we use human words to try to, to capture an idea that God is giving to us. And that is that it was pleasing to him, just as uh, because when you're doing these sacrifices, it's really a barbecue. And so you smell that meat cooking on the grill and so forth. And that it says that as God uh, smells this, uh, that it is something that is pleasing to him. So this, an, this idea of animal sacrifice is uh, something he's saying, yeah, I, this, is, this, is, this is satisfactory to me. Uh, we have that all the way back to Abel. Abel sacrifices uh, an animal from his herd. And so God is, uh, the thing about it is God is showing us a pattern of, hey, this is, uh, because now as Moses has the law, this is going to become standard, Mm -hmm. uh, a sacrificial thing. And in what God is showing slowly, though, over time, first through Abel's sacrifice and through Noah's sacrifice and repeatedly on through the word, is that this this is what pleases me. And the thing we should take away from that is that God is always trying to reveal that which pleases him. We're like, we're like his children. And you do one thing, and he's like, mm, that doesn't make me happy. And so he tries to communicate to us through a variety of different ways, consequences, negative things, all sorts of things, uh, to say, don't do that. And uh, sometimes just clearly through his word, don't do that. Um, and then when, we, when we're doing the things that, make, that do please him, he tries to communicate to us. Um, this is, this does make me, I do like this. This mm-hmm. is good. Do this more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's unchanging. So he's not switching it up on us all the time. He's not mm-hmm. saying, well, I like that yesterday, but I don't like that today. Uh, but he, uh, but he is trying to reveal more to us about who he is. And, uh, and, and sometimes we think that, uh, I'll give you an example. Sometimes he'll come and, and you'll think, oh, God wants me to, uh, take this job and move to this city and and have this career and 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 live in this place for the rest of my life but sometimes he's just arranged your circumstances because he wants you to get on that bus today that's it Mm -hmm. and then all the rest was just to get you pointed in that direction and so it's not that he's saying all giving you all these details but he may he's arranging your life and trying to communicate this is just what i want this is the step you took in this direction yeah that's what i wanted you to do but I don't want you to go any further that way. Now I want you to turn to the right, or I want you to turn to the left, and now I've got new information, new instruction, which is why we have to be constantly relating to him. But he does reveal to us that which is 
pleasing to him mm-hmm. uh, because he wants us to do that which is right. And um, I quoted Oswald Chambers earlier about do it again, but he, he says to us, he says, when in doubt, don't, because God always makes things clear. He's mm-hmm. always trying to get it. When I say trying, it's not that he is having difficulty getting the word through. It's that we have difficulty hearing what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He is communicating clearly. We are the ones who are not listening clearly. Right. Uh, that's why Jesus says things like, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right. Because uh, the word is there. It's just uh, we don't always get it because our minds are distracted, because we're fallen people and so forth. So we're trying to get or clarity just, in that message. Or we just plumb don't listen. Or we just plumb don't listen. Or don't want to listen. Yeah. And so. Uh, but, that's why. That's yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but. But uh, but we do get distracted. I mean, there's just sometimes we're we're like kids. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think of a parent trying to get their kids' attention and tell them something, and anybody who's ever tried to talk to somebody who's not a good listener knows how frustrating it is mm-hmm. when you're saying something, and you can look at that person and go, "You're not hearing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I know you're not. I know you're not hearing what I'm saying." Yeah. Uh, because you can see they're distracted. You uh, and God is the same way with us. He's um, he's always just trying to get us to look, focus on him, and that and that's why we do this. That's why we do this reading through the Bible. We're not just don't. And I, I tell this all the time, and I just want to remind people: if you get behind in your Bible reading, don't read it all in one day to catch up. That's useless. It really is mm-hmm. because the goal is not to get read all the pages. The goal is to read and meditate upon His Word. So just do the reading for mm-hmm. that day. I mean, if you have hours and hours of time, maybe. But but if you've only got like an hour or an hour and a half of time or thirty minutes of time. Just read what you can read and meditate upon, mm-hmm. because the goal there's no prize for getting through it fast. Uh, the the I I mean you can't. It's like sleep. If you miss three days of sleep, you can't make it up by sleeping 72 hours straight. Yeah. Uh, you you just have to you you just have to get back in a habit of mm-hmm. getting sleep and slowly your rest will return. Same way it is with reading the word. If you get behind, you just have to start reading again, get into a routine of reading again, mm-hmm. and eventually you know you'll get it'll become a habit. Yeah. Well, the guys coming with Noah's passage leads me right into my first question. Okay. Well, we'll take care. We'll do the questions here in just a bit when we return to Understanding Jesus. It's time for our question and answer time in the Understanding Jesus podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Evan, what is question numero one? First question is, could you compare and contrast the covenant with Adam to the co- to the others from Noah and the covenants that we'll see in the coming weeks? Okay. The um, well, the um, there are uh, when you think of the covenant with Adam uh, is uh, depending on who you're talking to in covenant theology and, and covenant theology is its whole is its whole thing. And what the covenant what covenant theology means is there's just, there's a belief or a study of God's word that says that there are different covenants that we are under at different times. And uh, and so in each of those covenants progresses through the redemptive process. Uh, Presbyterians would be uh, closer to covenant theology. And, and the idea being like baptism, for instance, and the new covenant uh, saying that uh, when you look at Paul and, and when he's talking to the church at Corinth, is saying that when you have a, a believer in the household, that everyone is under that covenant of that person, that household. So, so that's why you would baptize children or babies, uh, mm. or baptize infants, because they're being baptized into a covenant uh, of that household with God. Mm. They still have to make 
a their own commitment to be a follower of Jesus Christ and so forth. But baptism is the symbol of the covenant. We were we are believing believers baptism, um, but uh, and, and so probably wouldn't. Well, I don't. I'm not a covenant theologian, so it's that uh, that's pretty simple. But uh, the uh, but when you look through the different, but there are in Scripture. Uh, different times where God, uh, it's, it's kind of a progressive revel- revelation. Adam comes along and says, and God's saying to him, this is, uh, you've sinned, and so, but I am going to, uh, he makes a covering for man, and so forth, and then uh, there's a curse that's placed upon him, but a promise, a covenant, that he's going to provide some form of redemption uh, for him later. And then Noah, as we just shared, the Noahic co- covenant is this, I'm never going to destroy the earth, and uh, and then and as long as uh, the earth remains, it's, there's going to be seed time of harvest, uh, heat and cold, hot and cold, and so forth. And the seasons will persist and so forth as they continue to do today, even in spite of global warming. Um, and uh, and so that that continues on. Abrahamic covenant. Uh, God made a covenant with Abraham that he was going to build a nation with him and so forth. So now you have God saying, I'm going to create uh, a people from you, and I'm going to have a relationship with the people who come from you. And is specifically going to come from your son Isaac, a son of of the love between you and Sarah. Uh, and so this is this is the agreement with him. And then the Mosaic covenant you have coming in, where God then takes the children of Israel back uh, back to their the promised land, uh, the the land that He had promised to Abraham. So therefore, continuing on this fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, but now expanding it. To include, I'm going to give you my law. I'm going to, you're going to be my people. I'm going to give you my law, and and as long as you abide by this law and so forth, you can be in this promised land. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, then they cry out for a king, and he gives them a king, and then he forms a covenant with David, the king, and says, of you, I'm going to continue to keep a a godly line of whom the true king will come, which mm-hmm. is God Himself. And that was always God's desire is to be the king uh, of the people, and uh, and so. Uh, and and then we get into the new covenant, which is with Christ, where Christ comes and says, "New covenant I give to you," yeah. uh, and takes the Passover and then reinterprets it through His own blood and body. And it, but but the idea, the, one of the things, uh, and this is where we all you know may splinter and fall apart and go different ways. But I, I think the best way to look at these things is to say that it's, it's all about Christ. Christ is Christ is the the uh, the we are being. Christ is being revealed to us. The idea is that um, Adam was supposed to, uh, Christ was always supposed to be the new Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, we could see where Adam came up short. God provides a redemptive solution through His Son. Uh, we had to see our in- own inability before we knew we had a need for a Savior, mm-hmm. and so we have this need for a Savior, and Jesus is the solution. But, uh, but uh, as He defines who Israel is. Uh, Jesus is the new Israel. I, I mean, Jesus is uh, the the Ark. Jesus is the Israel. Jesus is uh, the Law. Jesus is the King. You see, what I'm saying he's all these things, all these different covenants are just revealing this is f- fulfilled in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, then it is Christ, and uh, he comes and then reveals to us uh, this final covenant. So Sick. anyway, so that's. I, I think I think the best way to look at it is is just the um, that uh, it's all through Christ. But but the five five covenants that are uh, that are crucial uh, are the Noahic, the Abrahamic, the Mosaic, the Davidic, and the New Covenant. So cool. okay, all right, cool, cool. What was the second question? Okay, 
Um, in Matthew 5, we see the Sermon on the Mount. Later in Luke, we see the Sermon on the Plain. Why is it the same or similar sermon, but different location? Yeah, we won't take a lot of time with this because it's pretty, I think, pretty simple. Uh, when we're looking at the Gospels, Jesus would have repeated these sermons multiple times in various locations. And so uh, each Gospel writer is or conveying the accounts as, as he remembers them. If you remember his ministry, it goes over three years. It wasn't like Jesus said this once and never said it again. He said it over these are things he would have repeated over and over and over and over again. So so each person takes a moment in which these things were communicated and his recollection of that happening in that moment in that place. Mm-hmm. So uh, as John says, the, he did so many things that we can't write. There's no yeah. way you could, the books can't contain yeah. all that he did and said and so forth. So, yeah, that's that's why it's going to take on a different uh, a different twist and, and phrase a different way. But the message he's saying is communicated over and again. I'm just grateful we have multiple Gospels because we're getting um, different perspectives of of similar situations. Mm-hmm. Right. My last question is, um, this is back to Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have a view or um, or uh, what is your view on the canopy theory? The canopy theory. Yes. Well, the idea of the canopy theory is that there was this kind of vapor around the earth that protected the earth, which is why people lived longer and because it kept cosmic radiations and other things from penetrating plants, the earth. Yeah. So plants. So it's so dinosaurs thrived and so mm-hmm. forth and and all, all these things. Uh, and then uh, and then when the flood came, God released the the heavens to of that dissolved basically mm-hmm. and water came up from the earth and so forth and basically flooded the whole planet the um uh yeah it's it is i think it's good to say it's a theory mm-hmm. um and uh uh it's it you know and, and when you read genesis wow if you talk about a place where theories just abound yeah. uh and people get so uh crazy bent out of shape for you know either, either they hate your theory or they love your theory or whatever the case, but they're all just, it's all speculation mm-hmm. because we've looked at this book enough. We know this is what it says and, yeah. uh, and, and be careful. Uh, uh, let me just give a, a word of caution. Be careful. Not when you're listening to these things and people talk about these things to really just to be not c- to confuse that, which we are speculating and that, which is revealed actually what God's word says. Some people um, say theories right. as fact. And right. It's like so the name many. Lucifer, the name, God, the word of God never says that Satan's name is Lucifer. It never says yeah. that. Uh, we attribute the name Lucifer to the devil and it's a theory and it's speculation. And there's, and, and they tie things together to make, to say, this is why I believe this. Well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just don't say that God's word says it because it doesn't say it. And yeah. uh, and there is no canopy mentioned, and I mean, no. there's no no clear evidence. This no. it just is a, a way we try to think how would this have happened, and how not that it matters or that we have to be able to explain mm-hmm. it, but it is. Um, I, I you know, and one thing I don't know, I've just thought about as I said, I, I've never been to the Ark Encounter. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, if Ken Ham is a canopy theory person or. I'm if not he, sure. The, the main yeah. reason that I think canopy theory has developed is because of some of the space photos of other planets. Mm. Like like our gas planets that yeah. that have huge gas rings around it, and it would make sense that other planets might have something similar, including our own. Yeah. And, well, Venus has a extremely thick atmosphere that makes yeah. life un, uninhabitable, yeah. but uh, but it makes it super hot up on the Earth, and you kind of yeah. wonder uh, we're not able to get in there and see what it actually looks like or yeah. is underneath, and it makes you, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I I love the writings of C.S. Lewis. For, and and one of the things that C.S. Lewis does is he, since he's a writer and he's a fiction writer uh, yeah. and so forth, he writes nonfiction, but he but he writes a lot of fiction books. And 
and creates worlds and you know and so forth and just thinks what if there were life on other planets and what would that life be like in light of a, a redemptive God and, right. and humanity and so forth. Um, and and those are those are just fun thoughts to have. Uh, so yeah, the um, but that's where the, the canopy fairy throws uh, falls in there. I um, yeah, my opinion is just like any other opinion; it's completely worthless uh, in right. life. But uh, but it is it's fun to things to talk it, about. It's a fun theory, but not a legitimate. It is. It is the, not the revealed uh, yeah. authoritative word of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I, I like that you threw in there that 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 people online will talk about theories very, yeah. very heavily. And, yes. And I, I've there's even people that I, I've known in the past that will talk about things as if they're fact, and it, yeah, it, it makes it difficult to to weed through fact versus fiction whenever yeah. when we look for God's revealed path. And, yeah. And the the word that he's given us. And, and when you, whenever you're sharing with an unbeliever, especially and talking to him about the word and so forth, I remember a, a testimony of someone who said that it's impossible for Adam and Eve to be real because uh, they were in the Mesopotamian Valley and apples don't grow in the Mesopotamian Valley. So therefore the whole story of them eating an apple and yeah. so forth. And it's like, mm, it never says it's an so apple. It's fruit, yeah. yeah, exactly. So fruit it's like, Valley. yeah, exactly. And so it's like, but, but because that is the idea gets circulated mm-hmm. and people it's and you would think if I would go through the trouble to make that statement publicly mm-hmm. or to say it in a speech, I sure thought you would at least read it, mm-hmm. <laughs> read the source material and see, yeah. oh, it never says that. And True. so uh, but that's uh, people are lazy uh, yeah. when it comes to that. It, it uh, It's not surprising. I mean, th- this has been around for a long time. It's just mm-hmm. now. We have so much more access to it mm-hmm. uh, online because people read. It still amazes me how many people read things online and think that what they're reading is true without ever checking the sources. Yeah. When I first started, uh, we have such an easy it, when I was in college, I was a journalist major. Yeah. And and it was so important, so important to check your sources. Mm-hmm. You know, when you before you read a news story, you were supposed to have uh, when it was given to you, you were supposed to check your source, check the sources and make sure that it was real before you actually shared it with the public. Right. Um, and uh, and I know that that is not done as much as it should be done. Oh, man, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And and yeah, I'm not going to open that can yeah. of worms I was about to open. Anyway, thanks, Evan, yeah. for the questions. And thank you for joining us here today. We've had a good time. And again, I, I, if you haven't gotten into the Bible reading, this is a great time to do it. As I, I said earlier, don't try to rush and read it all to catch up. Uh, just start. Start today. At read. Uh, uh, read a comfortable amount that you can meditate upon mm-hmm. each and every day. And if you catch up, great. But if you don't, uh, if come 365, if you do it for 365 days and you follow our Bible reading plan, which is at fbcj.us under mm. resources or something, I can't remember exactly what to click, but yep, the, it's the top, top corner, the top three corner. little lines, you yep. click them and it says resources and Bible reading plan. There you go. And you can yep. follow along with us. Just start, start where we are, or you can start at the beginning or, mm. uh, but, uh, uh, it's 365 days to get you through the Bible. Yep. And we have three, already three podcast segments recorded or seasons recorded for each right. for each of the um bible reading years yeah. so if you have uh if you get through a section and you're if you somehow get ahead of us or you're far behind yeah. um feel free to go back and you can watch those you can watch our current ones we go over different things every single time There's absolutely different people every yeah time. very good very good okay well that's it for today join us next time on understanding jesus 